Hello and welcome to this Unpacked Short. I am joined by the wonderful Peter Franklin. Hello. Hello Peter. And also today by Henry, our editor of Flyover at Unheard. Hello. All the way over from the States as you can probably tell by Henry's accent. Uh, Today we are discussing a piece that Peter wrote entitled How the Left Destroyed Its Voter Base. Now this is a interesting piece particularly at this moment in time peter why is that well um this weekend um we're getting a quite a crucial italian general election and we're also going to get the vote or the result of the vote of the um, german uh, social democratic party membership on whether to join angela merkel in government or not as the Duke very much the junior party of a grand coalition. And it's absolutely crucial because if they vote against it, then we'll get a minority government and we could soon see the end of Angela Merkel as, you know, Germany's long, very long-serving chancellor. And so your piece is based on a blog post uh, on the LSE website. That's right, yes. Um, and, I mean, the main argument is essentially that the left has lost its voting base but but can you explain that a bit more for our listeners yes um well this is um the the author is jan rovney and um what he shows is well he he, he makes it clear at the last german general election the uh, social democrats got their worst ever results i believe um and um and he says that's no isolated um occurrence for um, mainstream left-wing parties across europe for instance, the Dutch Workers' Party went from um, a high of 25%, which is actually very high for Holland's very sort of um, uh, multi-party system, to just 6% last time. Uh, the French Socialists went from roughly 30% to 7%. The, they've also been turned into a minor party. And there's lots of other examples of absolutely devastating results for social democrats across europe and so this this really is a trend that we're seeing and you know those those numbers are not sort of you know a minor drop-off so henry i mean you know you have studied what's going on in terms of the sort of populism that we're seeing um these are if, if we think of these countries and what's happening with their vote, you know, we would probably have thought these were kind of rock-solid uh, bases for the left-wing party. So why are we seeing people turn away from them? The, the working-class vote was the iron was was the bedrock of central-left parties throughout Europe and in the, in the Anglosphere, and that was based on the idea of protection and dignity that the working person had was not a machine, they were a person and needed protection both from forces outside of their control and to give them a sense of ownership and dignity over their life. But now the working class feels uh, under assault culturally, that working with your hands is déclassé. If you're still a believer, that's considered to be déclassé. And they're under siege economically both from globalization and from automation and in many countries from migration. And they turn to their center-left parties and say, protect us, as you said you would always do. And today's urban elites who are running the center-left parties say, what, are you kidding? And so consequently, these working class voters are feeling betrayed by the parties of their heritage, and they are turning largely to new angry populist parties, although in some cases they are turning to extreme left-wing or moderate 
populist right-wing parties, uh, and doing so uh, out of a sense of betrayal, that the leadership has betrayed them and has broken the promise that they had made with their fathers and grandfathers. And this isn't just in Europe, is it? I mean, in, in your home nation, in America, we've seen a similar process. It's what underlies the reason why Donald Trump is president that Donald Trump is president because six million people voted for Barack Obama in 2012 and voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and because of where the American declining factory towns or where these voters live um, had a disproportionate effect on our electoral college. Uh, so Donald Trump could lose the popular vote by three million votes, but majorities of people in these areas where uh, e uh, the economy has been in decline uh, voted for him and that's why he's president precisely because the people who who for generations have voted uh, for the center left in America uh, felt abandoned and saw in Donald Trump somebody who echoed their worldview and not just in terms of economics but also you know this is probably a group of people who maybe are slightly more socially conservative and perhaps look at the Democrats, Hillary Clinton, and think that's that's not that's not my values, that's not my beliefs. There's always a, a collection of things going on, but um, yes, some of it is uh, that if you're a believer in the United States and you're going to your church, um, you are considered uh, de classe. You're considered somebody who is part of the uh, barbaric past, not part of the future, at least among the articulate elements of the Democratic Party. And it was absolutely a combination of those things that helped rise, fuel the rise of Donald Trump, that he took the role that the center-left traditionally has taken of being the protector of the powerless against the powerful, and the Democratic Party and the progressives feeling themselves impregnable in their citadels of power ignored the plea and saw the castle overrun. And Peter, how have we seen, or have we seen, a similar process in the UK? Well, I think it's it, it's kind of the same everywhere. Um, you see, um, I mean, and, and this is what I really liked about Rodney's piece, is he, he understood that an electoral base isn't just the sum of its individual voters. It's the institutions that bind those voters together. And I think in the UK, as with continental Europe, as with America, we've seen those institutions of community, family and workplace um, fall apart in many cases. And um, therefore, you don't just alienate your traditional voter base. In many respects, your voter base doesn't exist anymore. So good luck trying to recover that position. And I guess that's why then after 13 years, I think, uh, of Blair and tail end of Brown, um, you know, so 13 years of Labour government, yes. that actually we saw a conservative victory, I mean a coalition government ultimately, but, but, a, but a, a move away from, again, the Labour Party there. And in 2017, we have seen a, a much greater share of the working class vote going to the Conservatives. Yes, I think it's now more or less level pegging between the Conservatives, supposedly the party of the middle class and capitalism, and Labour, supposedly the party of, of the working class and socialism. And so, you know, we're seeing, well, I won't exactly call it a political realignment because things are far too much in flux to talk about something that definite but you know we're seeing old loyalties dissolve because we've seen 
um, institutions dissolve, and not for a good reason either. I mean, this is where I disagree with um, Rovney's analysis, is that he spoke about, oh, what the left had achieved in broadening access, for instance, to higher education. Well, that's partly true, and it's not just the left that did it. John Major, for instance, in this country, had, had a lot to do with that as well. But I don't think we can talk about the working class being liberated to be something else. So it's not the left's success? That no, I think them. we've seen a series of failures. We saw failures in education policy, urban planning policy, immigration and integration policy, um, uh, family policy. You know, across the board, we've seen failure after failure after failure. And it has fractured old loyalties because it's fractured people's lives and people's sense of belonging and you know that is not a story of success that's a story of failure one in which by the way <laughs> you know the right um, liberals of the right also are complicit but when <laughs> liberals of the left join with liberals of the right in grand coalitions you know you, we shouldn't be surprised to see that traditional centre-left voters don't like it of course they don't well, thank you very much. Another fascinating discussion. Um, Peter, Henry, very much appreciate you joining me today. Um, thank you so much as well to you for listening and to James Coney for producing this podcast. Um, please do subscribe if you haven't already, and not just to the Unpack Shorts, but also to our weekly podcast, Unheard, and also our excellent audio documentaries. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>